Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Thanks to GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the First Serve, our penultimate show for 2022. Uh, Wonderful to uh, be here, as always, to uh, cover the world of tennis and we are closing in on the end of the season. The Davis Cup uh, coming up this week to... Round out a big year, Australia. Could they win the Davis Cup without Nick Kyrgios? It would be some sort of effort. We're going to play the Dutch first. Early hours, Channel 9, Wednesday morning. Looking forward to it. We'll discuss that a little bit later on. Novak Djokovic. He might not be the world number one, but I think we all feel like he is the world number one. ATP finals for a sixth time uh, today. He is looking primed. He got the nod last week to... uh, Jet back to Melbourne for the Australian Open. And right now, I'd say he's the clear-cut favourite. You may agree or disagree. one 736 736 Happy to take your calls tonight. Your texts, of course, on the Tennis Direct text, 0433981116. You get that nice little 10% discount if you shop with Tennis Direct. Uh, they've got their big November sale on at the moment. Everything's going. You'll get a pretty good deal. Uh, and a free delivery on orders over $150, if you don't mind. Tennis Direct. Uh, .com.au, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Uh, We had Tim Connolly in from Hume Tennis last week. Another one of our uh, great partners here at the First Serve is Yarra Tennis Coaching. It's at the beautiful Eaglemont Tennis Club. It's uh, just off the Eastern Freeway. It's got junior and adult programs available. Uh, The man alongside me in the studio tonight, he's had over 30 years coaching experience. His mission, well, is simply to improve your game, beat the forehand, backhand, volley, whatever needs a bit of improving. Whether you're a complete beginner, or a serious player. Check out yarratennis.com.au, the head man, Shane Scrutton. Shane, great to have you in. Uh, it's been a while, uh, BP, yeah, following in from uh, Tim's uh, Tim Connolly's footsteps. Indeed. Uh, um, tennis in paradise out there, um, out there at Hume. Um, but, yeah, just um, great to be a proud supporter of the program um, and um, – just trying to get through this uh, disgusting Melbourne weather at the moment. It is uh, feral, absolutely feral. Uh, Shane, you can take a seat, my friend. Take a seat. I'll do the standing up because I don't have to juggle around that uh, microphone. You can relax. It, it is feral at the moment. I'm looking at the uh, uh, the window of the First Serve headquarters uh, today. What are we at? 14 degrees. It's uh, absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, uh, we've got a bit to discuss uh, tonight. We are going to be joined by Lawrence Robinson, Director of uh, Game Development and Pathways at uh, TA because... The new competitive play calendar is out. Obviously, all the talk around UTR uh, this year. Uh, Plenty of you out there would have been getting your heads around uh, this uh, new look for 2023 and what's going to take shape in the structure. I set in on one of the calls last week to get my own head around it, and I'm still getting my head around it. So that to come, we'll check in with Tennis Lab as well and a bit more about the tour. But 
Shane, uh, tell us what's happening down at uh, Yarra Tennis because it is, uh, it's a great setup, as I said, in beautiful Eaglemont, leafy part of uh, Melbourne. Uh, you've been coaching uh, for a, a very, very long time in a club that's had a nice little refurb uh, in recent times with the clubhouse there. How many courts down at uh, Eaglemont? Uh, you've got, got uh, 10. We've just um, had a big uh, big deck put in. It looks, look, looks amazing. Uh, 450 members. Um, so, you know, compare, compare myself to this time last year when we were just coming out of lockdown. So the, um, the clubs, yeah, it, we're moving in a really, you know, positive direction. We're getting book a court soon, um, looking to get some new lights. Um, we've got uh, coaching staff of uh, 12 coaches now. Yep. Um, a lot of good juniors, um, running some UTR events, uh, a lot of different junior adult coaching, um, and very heavily involved in local schools, uh, running a sporting schools program for five schools in the local area. Nice. At the moment, uh, in the middle of club champs at the moment, so we've got, got the club champs final on Sunday. Um, we've been, uh, doing, doing a lot of fundraising for the club to get some, get some things moving and, um, very lucky to be at a club that's got a very supportive committee. Um, yep. and, and we're certainly looking to become, uh, in 2023, the number one tennis venue in, in Melbourne's northeastern suburbs. No, I like that. Uh, and it's interesting. I know when I did a, a project for Monash Council going back about three years ago, where uh, Shane, I, you know, spoke to about 18, uh, tennis clubs and how they operate. And, you know, the coach in, uh, some clubs is the real central figure and trying to work in with the committee, but all the clubs sort of differ a little. I mean, obviously you've got um, a very, you know, hands-on role coaching, but just talk about the committee and the coach alignment, if you like. Yeah, look, it, it can be a, a tricky sort of situation. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got a club that's very supportive um, and, um, you know, of everything that, that I do. And I obviously work very closely with the committee. You know, I um, go to all the committee meetings and um, we, we sort of have a very um, shared interest in developing um, tennis in the local local area. Um, and my work that I do um, in the local schools is a big part of that. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's one of those sort of situations where, um, you know, you really want it to be a win-win situation. The club wants to develop members, wants to develop, um, yep. the clubhouse, the, um, infrastructure, um, the coach, you know, is the face of that. And, uh, it, I guess it's just one of those things where, you know, they really need to work together to make it, to make it work. And, um, uh, I'm very lucky that, uh, we've got a, a very, um, strong committee, uh, at Eagle Tennis Club, a uh, very positive uh, president who um, is is you know was behind um, our uh, refurbishment a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, um, we managed to raise uh, over half a million dollars um, to get a new deck, yep. um, and uh, lo- looking forward, um, you know, next year to um, bigger and better things. So we often talk about, and you know, you've been supporting this show for a while, and you listen in. We're always talking about the state of the game. You know, w- what does it look like out there, and that. That can differ depending on who you speak to, but you're coaching day in, day out, on the ground, dealing with kids, dealing with parents, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with um, you know those who have got some aspirations to mm. try and take their tennis uh, somewhere. Give us your own take as someone who's been in it for quite some time. You've seen lots of changes. You've been through a COVID mm. uh, time, which was pretty tough for clubs and coaches. Give mm. us a feel for it out there at Eaglemont. Um, yeah, look, I think ultimately a, a, as a coach or as a coaching provider, you, you've, you've just got to make that tennis experience a positive one and that's for you know for the coach that's for the junior that's for the that's for the parent um that's for wh- whoever is involved and um I, I guess my role as the club coach is to try and make that first tennis experience for whoever it is um a positive one and obviously you know i look at the this time last year when there was 10 people allowed at the club um you know it, it's 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 quite a 
you know, to look at it now, how much we've sort of grown in the last year, um, you know, is something that I'm proud of. Um, and, and certainly, um, you know, after, yeah, 20 years at the one club, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to developing it and, 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 and growing bigger um, and, and I guess providing, um, you know, tennis and make it accessible as well, make it accessible to, ev- to anyone who wants to play. So what does a, a good experience actually look like? So, you know, a young girl or a young boy walks into the tennis club and, uh, accompanied by parents who most mm-hmm. of the time, I imagine, what, stick around for yep, the uh, yep, for yep. the tennis lesson. What, what does that look like? Um, I, I think it can, you know, depend on what they want to get out of it. I think the coach needs to find out, you know, what does the child, what does, what does the parent, what do they want to get out of it? And some, you know, some children want to take that next step. They want to become, you know, professional tennis players. Others might just want to play for the, play for the fun of it. I think it's up to the coach to really decide that and really, you know, use their skill and experience to work out, okay, you know, this is what this person wants to get out of it. How can I make that happen? So it's probably putting yourself in their shoes as well. Um, it's, and it's, and it's not, you know, going along with the attitude of, you know, I'm an expert, you know, it's putting yourself in the other person's shoes and trying to work out, you know, how can I make this, uh, you know, something that they could, where they can play tennis for the rest of their life or can they stay in the sport? Yeah. Cause you, cause you do, you do see a lot of, you know, kids drop out. Well, no doubt. I mean, and we'll get onto Lawrence's chat in, in regard to UTR soon and I'll get your reaction on the back of that. But for those who have got some aspiration, what sort of conversations do you have? Because we know, we discuss it all the time. This is a, a global sport. It's pretty mm-hmm. brutal. Uh, it's, you know, not many are going to get through and get to the absolute top echelon. The definition of what is success mm. uh, to make it as a pro, college has become even more attractive perhaps for kids to to look at because you get the education and the mm-hmm. tennis experience and you come out a little bit older. But what sort of conversations do you have from just your years of experience? Um, yeah, great question. I mean, you look at the top top ten Australian men and women, um, and we've we've got a lot of good players um, ranked very very highly. So we must be doing something right. And there's a lot of people that think that say, well, we're a long way away from Europe, we're a long way away from America. Well, we are to a, you know to a certain degree, but we've got a, we also have a lot of you know advantages. Um, I think it, it, there needs to be a lot of things go right for someone to make it to the top. And I've coached a lot of players that have gone on to college tennis, and yep. I, I, that's something that I did myself. Mm. Um, and I certainly think that that is, you know, a really, you know, good pathway for somebody to continue their education and stay in the, and stay in tennis. Um, but there's a lot of avenues, you know, with coaching myself. You know, I, I've, I, I've trained up a lot of coaches that, you know, who, who are good players and want to stay in the sport and want to develop their skills and that sort of thing. So it's not just the coaching; it's also it's also the teaching. Yep. But look, getting back to your point about, you know, what does what actually makes it, you know, um, and I think the secret is there's just, there's no there's no secret. Mm. And I think it's a lot of combination of hard work. You look at, you know, Johnny Millman, Chris O'Connell, yep. you know, ranked really really high. You know, they're not. 17, 18, they're 25, 30 year old players, um, uh, Alexander Vukic, you know, so there's a lot of players that have stayed in the sport for a long time, had ups and downs and just, and just hung in there. Um, and you look at the veteran circuit, I'm still playing veterans tournaments. Mm. Well, no, at, no one's pushing you out, are they? No, it's, no. It's, it's uh, a difference to team you know, sports. I, I yeah. played Keong um, last week. The, the, the fittest guy I saw was Glenn Busby, yeah. and he's playing in the 65s. Unbelievable. You know, he, he was fitter yeah. than the, the guys in the 40s. Yeah. So, you know, what is the secret, BP? There is no secret. Mm. You know, it's a lot of combination, you know, it's a lot of factors, but the coach has to be positive, ha- has to really, you know, develop a love for the game and, um, yeah, and, and a lot of things have to go right. Got a couple on the uh, Tennis Direct text that have just come in. Um, Brett, is Eaglemont Tennis Club going to take over from Burundara Tennis Club when it closes next month and hold uh, more tournaments? Now, we were just talking in the green room because – 
I've lived out in that part of uh, Melbourne, uh, played a bit of tennis out at Birundara. We know that the... What is the tunnel that's going through there? Is it the North East Tunnel link? Oh, I've got confused. The Melbourne just under a state of construction. But it yeah, is North East. It is going to take away uh, the, a venue that's been around how many years, Shane, uh, Birundara? Late 80s. So Warren started there, yep. um, 88, 89. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, un- unfortunately, um, the schoolboys and schoolgirls tournament this year will be the last event, um, and then it'll be relocated to... Glenn Waverley and I, I've you know known Warren for a long time, and he's run um, you know a very successful business for the last thirty years um, at Burundara, and um, yeah, unfortunately they're putting a eight billion dollar tunnel through the place. Uh, they are, and Massa from Sydney's also contacted us. My son's grandparents live in Melbourne, and we visit Melbourne each summer. My sons have played at Burundara Tennis Club for a, a few tournaments, but I haven't heard. But I've heard it's closing down. Do you have any updates? Well, there you go, uh, Massa. It's obviously been spoken about for some time, and the end of this year will uh, be uh, see you later for Burundara, which is a little unfortunate. And we hope that uh, the the new tennis centre in Glen Waverley uh, will be built in a suitable time. But I don't think is, is there a definitive timeline on that, Shane? I don't think uh, uh, I, I, ha- I haven't heard. Um, and look, you know, um, it's a, it's a very successful centre. It's it's you know thirty plus courts. Um, local clubs in the area, such as Eaglemont. Um, you know, don't really compete with Burundara because it's um, it's such a big centre. Yep. Um, look, having said that, you know, forty five thousand people a year would go would go through there. So certainly that's an opportunity for clubs in the area like Eaglemont. Yes. Um, for people that you know are looking for a, you know a tennis venue, somewhere to play, somewhere to um, have coaching, somewhere somewhere to play tournaments, they certainly would be looking at some at somewhere close. No doubt. Uh, keep your texts coming through. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And just one before we go to the break. As a coach, and coaching's discussed a lot in Australia. I think there's been a coach review, uh, Shane. I know you sit on the TCAV uh, as well. And the involvement of coaching from your own eyes in in guiding our kids in, in the right manner because uh, coaching best practice does differ depending where you are in the world, the way that Spanish kids are coached to French kids to Australian kids. Have you just got a, a general view on you know, the involvement of a coach and what the coach really fundamentally needs to be teaching our kids here? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've got a... Two like, not. Yeah. <laughs> Two. I, I feel like I've got a, a bit of an advantage having done a bit of teaching myself um, with, you know, coaching and with, um, I guess, um, you know, look, I think these days you've got to be, you know, kids aren't just going to do things because you tell them to do it. Yep. You've got to use a bit of emotional intelligence. You've got to you know, you've got to be smart. You've got to kind of guide them. Um, they won't just go and, you know, do something because you've told them to do, you know, to do something. Mm. Um, I think Nick Curios coach, I went to a, um, seminar once and he said pretty much the whole lesson was, you know, him trying to get Nick to try and not throw his racket a certain number of times during that session and just to try and keep things, things under control. Um, so, um, you know, I guess as a coach trying to, you know, trying to be positive and trying to help help out, you know, doing just as much as possible. Um, I think it's working with them and trying to, you know, find out sort of, um, you know, what makes them tick and, you know, try and do it in a way that, you know, you're not telling them to do it, you're yep. working with them. No doubt. Well, Shane is with us for the entire hour, uh, but yarratennis.com.au, make sure you log on, uh, take a look. Eaglemont, uh, always happy to take uh, more members, uh, more uh, players who are looking for a good tennis lesson. Uh, you don't have to be uh, necessarily... 
uh, within a, a short radius of uh, Eaglemont. Um, you'll, you'll take kids from anywhere, Shane, who want to come across town because Even it'll be a, a worthwhile <laughs> tennis experience, no doubt. Uh, speaking of coaching, one of our great partners, AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches. They're providing quality coach education across the globe. They've got courses delivered uh, by industry leaders and tennis business owners. You can learn locally, coach globally. They're internationally endorsed. Uh, Linton Joseph will be in the studio here next week from AATC. You can inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. We'll bring you Lawrence Robinson from TA after the break, the latest on competitive play here in Australia. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the First Serve Monday night. Of course, our final show of the year will be next uh, Sunday night, special 90-minute edition from 6 o'clock with the the World Cup in full swing across the SEN network. So uh, next Sunday night, 6 o'clock for our final show uh, for the year. Just before we get to Lawrence Robinson, Shane Scrutton is with me in the studio from Yarra Tennis. You might like Dwayne here, Shane. Novak Djokovic, he does look cherry ripe, doesn't he? Because he wins the ATP finals, beats Casper Ruud this morning. Great year for Ruud. Two Grand Slam finals and... The finals of the um, uh, in Turin of the ATP finals. He's a great young guy, great team uh, around him, solid citizen, speaks well, uh, just a bit of class, really. But Djokovic, uh, I mean, he mightn't have, I mean, really, if he had played the Australian Open and the US Open this year, he uh, probably would still be the world number one. I feel like he's still the world number one, and maybe not playing as big a volume of tennis this year might actually be a great thing for him in terms of the longevity. Yeah, well, he's 35 and he's not slowing down. Um, his body's been, um, you know, really good. Um, I think Rude, finalist at French Open and the US Open. US Open, yeah. So that's pretty um, impressive effort yep. from somebody whose dad was a professional tennis player. He is Christian, who's always getting a lot of camera time there in the front row, as the coach uh, normally does, his girlfriend, his mum. The whole family sort of are there as a unit at all these big uh, tournaments. So... Yeah, Djokovic, a great week. I need to give a little shout-out to Ben Shelton. You mentioned Alexander Vukic before, runner-up the last two weeks, Calgary and Champagne in Illinois. Watched that final today, but his opponent, Ben Shelton, college product, since June this year, he has made six challenger finals, 40 and 11 win-loss. He's gone from 547 to 97 in the rankings. Lefty, his brother, uh, father, Brian, of course, played. Yeah, doubles player. On the tour. Uh, watch out for him in Australia when he gets down here in January. Ben Shelton, uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, beat Vukic in the final, and he's got a, a really big game. That forehand is uh, devastating. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Eddie Winter, the young 18-year-old from SA, who won in Terrelgan yesterday. He won a doubles ITF earlier in the year. This is his first singles um, uh, pro win. Uh, beat Tristan Schoolkate, who beat Omar Jaseka in the semis, who was the uh, the top seed in that tournament. Uh, but, Eddie, there's some good reps. We had him on our uh, our SA Scene podcast a little bit earlier in the year, and we'll see how far he goes. But I think he's got a younger brother as well, and he, uh, yeah, he was terrific last week. Yeah, a very, very good junior from a very young age um, and, uh, you know, might be following in Leighton Hewitt's footsteps. Well, yeah, he's he's got uh, he's got the work ethic and mm. prepared to uh, hit uh, hit plenty of balls. You've got to work hard to beat him. So well done to uh, Eddie Winter. We'll know that we'll get him on the show and the – the foreseeable future. All right. If you want to know more about competitive play, we're not going to go through it all uh, tonight, but tennis.com.au forward slash competitive play. It's got everything there. I have caught up with Lawrence Robinson a little bit earlier today, Director of Game Development and Pathways at TA, 
just to take us through the changes, the whole calendar has been uh, released uh, for the year. There's all the different categories uh, emulating really the, the tours with the, the 1,000s, the 500s, the 250s, the 125s. A points race to come in, which wasn't part of UTR this year, to replace the old ranking system. But uh, Lawrence uh, and I had caught up for a chat earlier. Effectively, there's 52 weeks of competitive tennis. And if you boil it down, particularly for our aspiring prone performance players, pretty much 48 weeks of those will have something on offer. Over $1.5 million of prize money domestically, 30 Pro Tour events, 15 junior ITFs, and then we'll talk about the, the points of the junior tour. So almost 250 junior tour events um, as part of the pilot. So I guess that's the first thing. So I'd like to start on a positive uh, in, in that regard and highlight, I think, the listening that we've done in trying to present the calendar more cohesively, better signposting and allow people to plan. I think it's it's been an easy conversation for everybody to say, well, the UTR has been the, the cause of all ills. But if we look at UTR in its own right as a rating tool and as a tool to measure a player's ability, I don't think anyone has ever questioned its accuracy. And and you've you've said it many times yourself on a, on a, on, on these calls and the and the show. A lot of people would start the conversation with, well, I actually like UTR, but so I think what we've acknowledged is that for a specific segment of our players, particularly the aspiring juniors, what we heard through the course of the year was what's the incentive? What am I playing for? The rankings at least rewarded me for competing and completing my tournament. And if I've performed and performed well in a tournament, um, how is that recognized and rewarded? And so, you know, I think what we've sought to address with the introduction of the junior tour and effectively the, the, the race as it is, is, is how do we address that? Because I think it would be fair and the feedback we got is a midweek pennant match doesn't mean as much to a 14-year-old who's going to compete in a semifinals of a nationals. So it's not necessarily the rating, but I think the framework and, and effectively the products that we placed around it in, you know, during 22, where we felt, well, we, we think we can make some improvements. And I, you probably heard me on the call last week. It's a bit like an iOS upgrade. Um, you know, we've got the fundamentals in place. And now how do we improve that? Sitting on that call there, from my understanding, is certainly someone on the outside here. There seems to be a bit more clarity and structure. Number one, the whole year being released and then the different categories from pro to all the way down, open events to specific junior events. So what does it mean then in terms of now bringing in a points race? Can you sort of just explain to those who haven't been told the intimate details how this is actually going to work? Because, I mean, the, the two biggest bits of feedback this year were, yes, we haven't got a ranking system and... Also, that regionally people just weren't getting out and about. And I know that those are a couple of areas that obviously have been high up on the agenda to address. You're absolutely right. So I think the first thing to make really clear again to your listeners is that um, UTR or the UTR rating is, is, isn't going anywhere, right? So it will remain our primary currency. So for anybody wishing to enter into any tournament, you know, even for our end of year points race, the UTR remains prevalent. So entries and seeding will be still the number one um, determinant. And then, you know, we've clarified as well that, you know, selection for state squads, national squads, tours, camps, as we've said on all of the forums across the country, the player's UTR, as, we, you know, as we've shown, is a, the most accurate indicator of a player's ability. The UTR will remain our you know, primary determinant. And then there's a number of other factors, head-to-heads, standing with the federation, so on and so forth. So the rating isn't going anywhere. In terms of the points race, I think it's really important to clarify fundamentally this is a 
a race to showdown or a race to state. It's 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 fundamentally a connection of events, much like the tours have. So it's not a ranking; it's a points race, and that each of those events will carry a certain number of points. And allows a player to accumulate during the course of the year. And by the time they get to November, we'll simply take a look at the race. And the top 32 players will qualify uh, 12s and 14s and 16s into uh, the Masters event. And at the moment, we're planning to hold that again in, in, in Melbourne at the showdown. And then additionally, what we believe is you know an improvement on what we had in the old ranking system is then the next best 32 players in SA, where I am today, They'll go and play in the SA State Masters. Um, The next 32 players in New South Wales will go and play in the New South Wales and ACT Masters and so on and so forth. So whilst there's one race, ultimately there's there's two endpoints for a player. They can either qualify to the nationals, or if they're not quite at that level, there's still an opportunity for them to qualify to the end of the year. And and we've been really clear that we wanted a system that allowed to recognise players who were going to compete and complete. And that was what we heard regularly was, where's my incentive to compete and complete? Now, again, we will continue to educate the players on the rating, but that was fundamentally what we're hoping to achieve. And we're hoping to entice people back out to participate in some of our regional events because as the race develops, people see opportunities for them to pick up points on the race. And that may mean that they're going to have to go and travel to some of the events that are staged at regional. That's the hope. The proof will be in the pudding. We'll obviously have to, you know, we'll do what we did this year. We'll look at what the player behavior is, what the player movement is like, and whether the introduction of a points race has helped provide that incentive and, and, and then look to assist and support our all of our stakeholders, but also those who you know felt they were being disadvantaged with um, with the removal of the rankings. A lot of our listeners who follow the ATP, WTA two, and know the classifications are one thousands, are five hundreds, are two fifties, one two five. So you you're sort of adopting a, a similar framework of where people will be able to get into, and probably easier to follow in this whole calendar, which is. Absolutely massive. Over 48 weeks, I mean, 400 TA endorsed events and all the states obviously running their own uh, endorsed uh, leagues and competitions as well. So just in some of the feedback you've received the last two or three weeks, do you think it's going to appease people that they can they can see a, a clearer way forward through the pathway? Well, we certainly hope so. I think, you know, we hosted our first forum last week with New South Wales, and I know you joined us for one of those where in Adelaide this evening. I'm sure everyone will have some questions, but if I step back and look at it just as you know, simple, if I was a parent, I, I look at what we're offering digitally and how we've presented the various calendars and how we've looked to effectively connect the pathway through the the junior tour, the junior ITFs, the progress series and into the pro tour. I think in that regard, I think people would hopefully say, well, we get it. We understand. We can see some clarity here, particularly in regards to the junior tour. And I think what you've got to remember is last year was a perfect storm for, for confusion. COVID was still prevalent. We introduced the, the rating system, re- removed the ranking system. And at the same time, we put a number of naming conventions in place. And and I think it, it's fair critique of us as a national body that we almost tried to bite off more than we could chew. So look, we've taken the opportunity to try and tidy that. And you're right. We, 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 we're not going to apologize for this. One of my, one of my old bosses used to call it R&D, rip off and duplicate. And so, you know, if it works for the tours and everybody in the tennis community understand what the Thousand Masters is and the 500s and the 250s, you know, why, why wouldn't we just apply it um, at this level? And so hopefully players will understand, okay, so the Thousands, effectively our Nationals, 500s, okay, they're the, they're the really important ones at state level. The 250s, probably that, you know, meat and drink in, in many ways. And then the 125s are going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of those available for, for players. And so those aspiring to qualify into the Nationals will probably likely target the 1000s, the 500s, maybe pick up the 250 along the way. 
And those aspiring to qualify into the state masters might be looking at more of those 125s and 250s. So we're really hoping that just in simply presenting it in that way, the players will say, right, okay, well, I'm aspiring to play nationals. I'm going to go look at those 1,500s. And I suspect what some people will say is, well, that's going to involve a bit of travel. I, I didn't think you wanted us to travel. Well, that's not the case. I think if you're an aspiring player and you and you want to play the best regularly, the reality is you're going to have to do a bit of travel. You've got to go find the best players. And hopefully what we're doing is signposting, okay, so these 500s and the nationals we know that's where the best players are so we'll wait and see but again i think we've we've worked hard to try and present it in a far more clearer way than we did previously for sure maintain our commitment to the junior itf calendar as well so there's you know 15 events of course they take in pretty much all of our member association states and we know that those have been a critical component of our pathway as well so as those juniors start to progress out of what we call the you know the domestic calendar and then make the progression into the international pathway. And, and I think I clarified as well on the on the call last week that, that we finalized our agreement with the ITF. So all players' results, you know, will ensure that we you know they have a WTN. So you know, the very small percentage who are looking to progress into that junior ITF space are certainly not disadvantaged in any way. And I know we've had a number of questions on that during the course of the year. So like just as I say, for those that are really on the on genuine the pathway and heading towards the pro ranks, we know that they are going to have to do a bit of travel and then it's about us providing really strong and solid competition. The fact of the matter is, and Brett, you'll understand this, and I'm sure a number of your listeners will, it's just expensive right now. You know, the cost of living's a real challenge. And again, that's where I think the rating does help. You know, no one's being disadvantaged if they can travel to play these, you know, let's call them the points events because they can still play their local events, play local competition, play pennant, and it still counts towards the rating. So someone said, I think, or a number of your listeners say, how do we find the best of both worlds? How do we get the blend between a incentive and reward for competing and performing and at the same time have a, a rating that really helps identify a player's um, standing and ability? We're hoping that we might have found the right blend, but let's say well, the proof will be in the pudding over the next 12 months. Proof will be in the pudding indeed. Uh, that is Lawrence Robinson, who's been a guest on our show a few times this year, Tennis Australia's Director of Game Development and Pathways. I'll get some reaction from Shane Scrutton after the break and... Happy to take your text, but also follow us up uh, through the week too. The first serve, sen at gmail.com with your expanded thoughts on all the changes. Uh, received a lot of correspondence this year. Uh, Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a little mini Melbourne park out in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone. It's perfect also for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Very close to Melbourne Airport. Accommodation just around the corner. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Great to have your company on this Monday night. Uh, Brett Phillips alongside Shane Scrutton from Yarra Tennis. We'll check in with Tennis Lab uh, very soon. But Shane, you were just listening to Lawrence Robinson from TA just before the break. What were some of the takeaways from that chat and, and your own experience with uh, UTR this year. We have discussed it and we had you on the yep. program mm-hmm. earlier in the year, but we've had sort of a full 11 months now unfold. Just give us a few thoughts yeah. on um, what you heard. Yeah, let's not forget that the you know the points ranking system before UTR ca- came along um, was effectively broken. Um, and Tennis Australia looked at that system and thought, well, we've got to change it. UTR started in America. Um, you know, and as Craig Tiley said a couple of weeks ago, as a level-based competition similar to golf where you know you've got a handicap you know we can sort of compare each other um and getting back to my thing before of you know making tennis a positive experience as as a parent who used to go around you know to all these points tournaments was worth points tournaments 
a positive experience for, for a lot of kids, um, for parents. Um, yep. Not necessarily. Um, it was tournament after tournament. It was chasing points. It had to change. Obviously, UTR is a completely different vehicle, um, but it also gives um, you know some opportunities. Um, you don't have to play a five-day tournament. You can play selected events. You know, he's, Lawrence is talking about the cost of living. You don't have to do all this traveling. You can play. You can play smaller UTR events. You can play match play events that I've run. You know, myself with kids at your own club, uh, and it still counts. Um, you know, even pennant. You know, the, this year. Uh, Tens Victoria pennant, um, you know, it really felt re um, rejuvenated because every match suddenly counted towards UTR. Yep. And so I think that that really helped. Obviously, there's going to be teething problems. And, you know, um, with any system, it's open to manipulation. And tennis being quite a selfish sport, um, you know, it, it does tend to, you know, uh, open itself up to that. Um, but I think it's probably a little bit too early to kind of, you know, say, well, it doesn't work. I think we've got to, you know, there has to be a little bit of balance, um, you know, but, you know, let's not forget that it wasn't that long ago when people were saying, well, the point system is broken. And, um, you know, uh, my issue was, you know, with the old system was having mm. a, um, a system that's, you know, for adults, for professional athletes, yep. having the same format for children. Yeah. That was my issue. Yeah. No, I, when we've discussed this. Uh, earlier in the year. So as Lawrence said, the proof's going to be in the pudding. There's been a lot of background work to try and um, you know, make the changes and let's see how 2023 rolls out. Our promise here at the First Service will continue to talk to everyone in the game and, and get their viewpoints uh, as 2023 unfolds. But Shane, we're going to check in with uh, Tennis Lab. Now, I went down and experienced Tennis Lab at the National uh, Tennis Centre going back uh, a few months ago, which was fantastic. Uh, Lyndon Grass has jumped on the line. We've got a, a great uh, competition we're running, which we'll tell you about in just a moment. Uh, Lyndon, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Brett. Excited to join you. Tell us a bit more. For those that haven't heard, I mean, I first I got a good look at Tennis Lab up at uh, Vic Country Week uh, when I was up in um, Swan Hill. You had the big marquee uh, set up. I found out a bit more about it, came down to the NTC and had a hit with all the, the Hawkeye operation and the whole idea around Tennis Lab is to try and uh, make sure that, you know, the, the best equipment is in your hand. But just give us a, a little pricey on Tennis Lab. Yeah, thanks, Brett. So I guess Tennis Lab was, we bought, it was born off one key statistic, which is 80% of tennis players are using the wrong equipment. So we started um, our research back in probably five years ago now. And yeah, we, we've researched... Um, data with you know players from absolute beginners right through to players inside the top ten, and that that was sort of the first statistic that we you know really caught our attention. Um, and like taking a step back, it's I guess it's really not surprising when you consider the total number of um, racket combinations, which there's over a million possible that you could select from or create. And then once you add in the string and tension as well, it becomes over a million different, or over a billion different combinations um, that any player can use. So, I guess tennis labs at the forefront of trying to integrate um, scientific research and technology to leverage, you know, things like Hawkeye to make tennis players better. So. We're really trying to elevate the game of tennis and take it in a new direction. And you've worked with some of the biggest names too, uh, you know, Nadal and Murray, uh, Sam Stozer, who have uh, sort of endorsed it and and tested it. Yeah, totally. I mean, those guys and girls are all fantastic advocates for 
you know, trying to do things different in sport. And I guess that it shows the reasons why that they've been at the top of their game for so long. Um, and, you know, it's something that we're now trying to push. We're not trying to, but we're successfully, you know, integrating into junior development programs. And I guess those leaders in the sport are, you know, strong advocates for pushing that forward. So you mentioned, I mean, the, the level of players that this is designed for, it seems it's right across sort of the spectrum. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, if you're, you know, we've dealt with or worked with players as young as five years old um, and then right through to, you know, your Sam Stoza, Rafael Nadal. So it's really an experience for everyone. Um, and we have a range of services as well. You know, you can actually go to tennislab.com.au and find the perfect racket from the comfort of your couch. Or you can come in store and actually experience exactly what a Rafael Nadal or a Sam Stowe or an Andy Murray um, actually come on court and perform the Hawkeye test. And even, you know, we can build a custom racket for you the same way that um, happens in golf. As a, as a coach, Lyndon, um, you know, and I often see um, players playing with the wrong racket or, you know, kids uh, that not really sure what size they should use and often giving kids that, you know, a, a racket that I think is more their size and suitable for their playing playing style. Um, you know, what what's your advice to, you know, adults or, you know, children that, um, you know, probably, you know, it, it is starting to get very scientific and, and a little bit complicated. What, what's your advice to, to parents and kids that are, um, you know, uh, say looking for a new racket or, or, or um, looking to, you know, start playing the game? Yeah, thanks. I guess it's... Um... Like the one piece of advice I give most parents, especially um, of those performance development players, is that you don't want to go too heavy too early. Like I guess the risk of going too heavy is you're putting yourself at um, risk of injury. No different to if you start lifting too heavy in the gym too early, yep. you're much like you know you're likely to incur um, the side effects of that. But in terms of like you know, there's some fantastic tools out there. Like we've got the recommender online. Um, at Tennis Lab, and you can go on there, punch in some details. You know, parents can do that too, and we'll actually spit out recommendations of the best rackets from actual physical test data of players similar to the, you know, the user inputs as well. So we're not just basing it on, hey, this racket feels good. We're actually basing on people's hitting data similar to you. So it's giving yeah. you a, a different type of recommendation that I guess was otherwise or previously feasible. Hey, Lyndon, I ran this past Shane during the ad break. I know it's a question without notice, but I received this into the first serve mailbag uh, from Neil. A question, please. I'm a 6'2 male, reasonably fit, uh, 95 kilos. I haven't played tennis for approximately 15 years. I grew up on grass courts, so I used to try to serve and volley. I'm also I'm looking to, at taking up tennis again, and I'm looking for a suggestion on rackets, please. I'll be playing on PlexiPay and Ontocar. I mean, you, we can both weigh in here. I know it's a question without notice, uh, but uh, Neil's keen to get back amongst it, Lyndon. Yeah, it's a good like, question, Neil. Get him, get him down to tennis lab. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to come in. I mean, there's a there's so many different elements that go into this, right? And I think that's where, you know, the approach we take is it's, it's not always a one-size-fits-all. Like, we need to get in. We need to have Neil come... Um, understand his strokes a little bit more. Obviously, he hasn't played tennis for a while as well. So even understanding what he's currently using, um, you know, it's a whole whole process there. I mean, even as a starting point, I'd again point them towards going online, testing the recommender. He can do that from his couch. Yep. Um, but, you know, I think that's the easiest way to do about it. And um, I think that's the thing we're really advocating is, you know, you don't go to a store anymore just to buy 
the racket of your favourite player because you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fit you. Um, it's really about trying to find the right options for yourself and you know that's the only way you're really going to be able to keep yourself injury-free, keep yep. yourself on court, enjoying your tennis and you know performing at your best. Uh, Lynn, what, what, what would you say is the, uh, the biggest mistake that you've seen or the most com- common uh, problem that juniors or players have in, in selecting, say, the wrong racket? Is there something that's, that, that sort of uh, stands out for you? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's two things. So I touched on one earlier, which is, I think, going too heavy too soon. Um, I guess the side effect of going too heavy too soon, we see it all the time. And, I mean, any coach can see the same thing is once you go a little bit heavy and that you see that technical change or technical change becomes quite difficult, that's a red flag. Um, and the second one is, you know, parents going out there and just looking to buy my son's favorite player is Roger Federer. So they go and buy, you know, the same racket that Roger Federer used or same racket that Ash Barty used, the same racket that Roger, you know, Rafael Nadal used. So a few things to note there, you know. Yes, sure, that might be a great racket, but actually selecting the right weight range within that racket is also something to be really mindful of. Yep. Um, because, you know, a, a 10-year-old kid isn't the same size or body strength or yep. isn't as physical as Rafael Nadal, so it makes no sense to use the same racket. All right, Lynn, I've got uh, about 30 seconds here. I've got to get to a, mm-hmm. a break, but tennislab.com.au is where you can head to for more information. Tennis Lab is located down at the NTC. You can go and see the guys down there. A quick one. We are running a competition. We've started it's promoted on uh, your Instagram and our Instagram tonight. Just quickly tell us about the details of that comp. Yeah, so you can um, jump on our Instagram, which is tennislab underscore TA. Um, all you have to do is just like, follow, um, and tag a couple of friends. And what you do is you go into the draw to win a $1,000 Hawkeye experience. So that's the same experience we've you know, performed with like a Sam Stozer where the outcome is a custom-built racket. So we're going to give you a brand-new custom-built racket as Beautiful. well, including that prize. All right, check out our Instagram if you aren't following us, Tennis Lab as well. Lyndon, thank you. Let's do a follow-up in the new year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Look forward to it. Lyndon Krauss, Tennis Lab. We'll take a break, come back and wrap up. ELG Green Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Great to have your company uh, tonight and our races by very quickly every week. Six o'clock till 7.30 this coming Sunday night to round out our year. It's a little different change of uh, time slot. Been great to have Shane Scrutton in the studio tonight. Shane, in fact, one for both of us here. Berendara was up and running in the early 80s. I did squad training with Warren Mars, brother-in-law, Noel Phillips. Uh, they were great times back then. Uh, Rick out at Maidstone. Thank you for your text, uh, Rick. Uh, Brett Ashbarty says, no regrets about decision to retire from tennis, but confirms... Australian Open role. What's her new role? I'm not 100% sure, Duncan. Um, I think she's going into coaching. Yeah, well, well there might be a role around uh, the AO, but, I mean, there's talk about certainly Ash, uh, with, along with Jason Stoltenberg yes. and Craig Tyser mm. setting up an academy. Uh, mm. I believe that's um, an ongoing discussion and where and how and when and who and mm, all that to be decided. Did. But no doubt we'll see her around the Australian Open. It wouldn't surprise me if she's... Um, you, know, you have to think to, she'd be doing something. Doing a yeah, a big part of the presentation of some sort. Uh, who are the Aussies to watch in January in the lead-up to the Oz Open? Will it be someone new to come into the scene? Well, I'm just looking down the mail list, and we know Kyrgios and Demonor. They've been the staples now inside the top 30. O'Connell's had a great year. I'd love to see him get towards the top 50. Uh, Thanasi, you know, still got the window, 95 in the world. Got a huge week for Davis Cup. He needs to really step mm. up and, and play some great tennis alongside Demonor. And, look, 
I'm really encouraged by Rinky Hedgie Carter. I just think he's one, if you're going to the AO and the lead-ups, terrific year inside the top 200 and and one that um, at 21 I think is going to continue to go north. Uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialists are ASTE tennis courts. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Shana, you'll be back on court this week. You're still playing as well. I am. Yeah, got club champs coming up on the weekend. Um, so if I get through the semi-final... Uh Hopefully, weather permitting, play the uh, play the final on Sunday. But uh, nice. yeah, my body's got to get there first. Well, what part of the body is sorest? Most? Uh, legs and uh, <laughs> feet and all that sort of stuff. So, but um, <laughs> we might have to get the first serve camera out this week and just uh, monitor your uh, performance. Hey, great to have you in yarratennis.com.au. You get a great lesson from this man, and it's a beautiful club. So uh, we'll Thanks be so much uh, for having me, Brett. Looking forward Fantastic. to 2023. Thanks to Yonex, 76 years of performance product craft in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. We'll talk to you for our final show, 6 o'clock Sunday night. Make sure you join us. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91